TGIF, baby, it's Friday. Yeehaw. What's up? Fan Morning Show, Justin and Ailish. Sportsnet 590 fan. How's it going? JC Cuthbert. Pretty good. Nice. How about yourself? Reached the end of another Feeling week here. like flying high today. Vibes are skyrocketing. Really? I don't know. I feel good. What's, what's going I don't on? I something in this coffee this morning. Okay. Woo! I, I didn't get that vibe from you. I don't know. As soon as you I were, heard the music, I got... You were really... You were like screaming up. Khalees earlier. <laughs> yeah. A song by Khalees with the door open. Yeah, so that might have been a tell. News heard me doing Milkshake. Yeah. Khalees is dating Bill Murray. <laughs> He's like That's eight, why, nine yeah. years old. We were going through some new celebrity girlfriends and boyfriends earlier. Anywho. Uh, and, uh, that song, you just forget about that song until there's a situation I where you hear about Milkshake. About milkshake. Anyway, I don't know. Game-changing feel, moment. I feel like today's going to be a good day in the world. I hope it is. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things <laughs> hovering over the city, smoke being one of them, and... You know what might happen mm-hmm. at the ballpark tonight was another one, and I'm we'll get to that a in a bit. But hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed, things can be, you know, things can work out. We got lots to go through this morning. A little Friday, Friday morning, NHL game three. We got Jays Astros series finale um, wrapped up last night. Blue Jays back, baby. The Blue Jays are back. We've got updates on the Toronto Maple Leafs making hires. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the coaching hire that you had been waiting for but they hired somebody canadian open updates updates from our big golf game yesterday a jam-packed day of guests john morosi at seven brent gunning and sam mckee the golf guys okay we're gonna break break it down with them sam mckee's a little bit upset with justin and i and we'll get into that because we didn't invite him golfing yesterday sorry he's a professional we're not yeah. uh, nick caprios we got most of real kipper and born on the show today 95% of them. Uh, Kipper at eight. La- good, good math. <laughs> Last time he broke some news with us, if he does it again. And then today we will get John Calparion. Okay. We're getting him today. Coach Cal. He's joining us. Kentucky yeah. Wildcats men basketball team. Uh, he's going to join us to wrap up the show. Wake and rake. Hole zero predictions for Justin and I hitting the Canadian Open tomorrow. Let's do it. Yeah, we just we don't just get Coach Cal's number, so there's a couple more channels. That's why we couldn't get him yesterday, but we got He's him. He's not today. in the yellow pages. No, you can't just get the number of Coach Cal. He is a man you got to track down. We yeah. got him. He's here at eight thirty. Okay, boom. Game three, NHL. We got a series? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? How are you feeling about that? Florida Panthers cannot lose in overtime. So as soon as it goes to OT, just. Uh, Put a win in the column for them. They're undefeated yeah, yeah. OT. As it's soon actually as pretty Matthew incredible. Kachuk scored, I, I put a, a win in the column of Florida Panthers. There you go. And that just kind of it felt like a momentum thing. It felt like just a fate thing. It felt like, oh, they just don't lose an overtime thing. And mm-hmm. Sergey Bobrovsky was actually playing well. And that means a lot. But I will admit, the first thing I did this morning was place a bet in Game 4 on the Vegas Golden Knights. Because they are better. Yes. And they respond all the time. When they have a letdown, there's always a response. They had a letdown in Game 3. It was maybe not expected that they would, you know, lose one of these games. But mm-hmm. I think winning and the incentive, the carrot dangling of, hey, you can win the Stanley Cup At on home. home ice in game five. You win you a game four. You were all over that yesterday. I just think it's a big thing. I think it's uh, not a big thing. It's a, it's a thing, though. It's a I, thing. I do think it's a thing. And I think it will help Vegas in the end win in game five. Uh, because I think there's going to be a counterpunch from them in game four. And then, of course, they'll have the incentive 
when and if Game 5 presents them with an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I do think you're still getting plus money mm. on Vegas. I think Vegas has been been better, been the better team, has more, has the track record of responding. Uh, I, do, I don't think we have a series per se, but at least we're going to get a fifth game. Uh, at least maybe we'll see we'll a couple of home ice. At least we'll get to talk about the Stanley Cup final next week. So I don't mind the victory for Florida. We could at all. see a, a Vegas victory on the strip, and that could be content for days. Yep, Florida recorded seventh OT victory of the postseason. That's tied for the second most of all time. Uh, Montreal has 10 in 1993. That's crazy. That's a crazy amount of OT wins. And they got it done early. They got it done early. Uh, helped us get to bed. That game was late. Eight o'clock puck drop. I know, is, that was dragging, honestly. is false news, okay? Because that puck drop didn't happen until close to 830. But you got Philip Phillips, throwback, a blast from the past, Canadian Idol, uh, no, American Idol winner. Yeah, no, the real deal. American Idol winner in 2012. Where were you in 2012 when Philip Phillips took over the world? Because I forgot that this man existed until he strutted out there with a guitar and kind of lulled everybody to sleep. It was very well sung, but not the rah, 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 we're about to Drop the puck on the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I had, I had Jay's audio on at the time, so uh, I can't Phillips, I can't baby. really critique the performance. But when I saw it, because I didn't, I was looking at him like, oh, it's just a guy. And then I saw you wrote Philip Phillips. I'm like, that's him. Wow, like I was I like watching American Idol with my mother at the then, age of 15 right? years old. Like this was such a weird throwback in my mind. And then I looked up when he won, and I was like, oh, you were wrapping up University. Yeah, you're, you're old. There you go, so Philip you Phillips. Go. Uh, pride and joy of. Georgia, so I don't really get the connection, but nonetheless, Philip Phillips out there. Uh, the Florida got their first taste. Uh, they got their first ever Stanley Cup final win as well, but they got their first opportunity at this series at least to show us what they'll do for a Stanley Cup final party. And Florida taking mm. over the outdoor stage uh, with bottles of champagne, jumping on people's shoulders. Big tequila bottles, just Throwing shots he around. Was, like, it was a party there was in one. So, Florida brought out all the goods, uh, military flyover and all that. So, they got their opportunity. I don't think it will ever even come close to rivaling. Rival, rival, rivaling. Rivaling what Vegas does. But a good effort? I don't know. The play on the ice. It was an effort. Yeah, play on the ice. I, I honestly did not think that the Florida Panthers had it, and they found a way back into it. Guess who? Matthew Kachuk, who just continues to score clutch goals. He has that little injury scare mid-game. Post-game asked about it. He goes, Stanley Cup final. Yeah. On uh, the play. Stanley Cup final. Playing hockey looks good on Matthew Kachuk, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he probably should stick to that if the Florida Panthers are going to have any chance because he wasn't really playing much hockey in the first two games, uh, letting his emotions sort of override everything else that was going on. Uh, the score probably contributed to that, but mm-hmm. when he w- when he's on, it makes a huge, huge difference for Florida. When they're and not in the penalty box, when they're not in the penalty box, as a team, box, you can win there games. Were, there were quite a few penalties in that game. It felt yeah. like it was like a nonstop parade to the penalty box. It was a little bit annoying, but I'm glad you mentioned that they did win a game because they didn't last time they went to the Stanley Cup final. So mm-hmm. getting a win in the Stanley Cup final is a step in the right direction for the Florida Panthers. I'm still not buying it personally. I still think Vegas was the better team last night. Big time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of belief, right? Sometimes you got to steal that, one. That twinkle in the eye mm-hmm. that was there against Boston late and against Toronto throughout and against the Carolina Hurricanes, we saw a little bit of that. We saw none of that for no. the first two games. So they don't win the game in the uh, deservometer. They win the game with a little bit of a gritty comeback. I know Matthew Kuchuk said, like, probably one of the grittiest performances that he's been a part of in terms of a team that – kind of willed their way to win at the very end. 
Um, no business really being in there, but sometimes you need to steal a game. And I'll say Sergey Bobrovsky did not look like this, the first two games. Sergey Bobrovsky, he, des- he deserves a lot of yeah. credit. So the questions that we were having around, did he turn into a pumpkin? Hey, there's step one back into the conversation. Matthew Kachuk being clutch. Those are the kind of like the two, I don't know, uh, pillars of how they're going to get back into the series. Matthew Kachuk and Sergey Bobrovsky. And they both delivered in whatever format they needed to last night. Maybe you build on that. Maybe you get a little bit of confidence going into game two because it's you're one you're one game away from tying this thing back up and heading to Vegas and then making this a real series. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Marshall again, like this guy, just, he's just cruising away with Con Smythe. He was minus three fifty at one point <laughs> last night when it looked like they were going to take a three nothing series lead. So it's he's he's emerged as the guy for Vegas, and we've kind of told this story before. But Mister Misfit, the original Misfit, the guy that was kind of most representative of what they started with. Mm-hmm. It's a nice story. Uh, but, you know, you know, he's he made the contribution in the third victory, or at least we thought it was going to be the third victory, which all but sealed it. Maybe he has to do it again now, but, you know, he's uh, setting records along with Jack Eichel in terms of points uh, for franchise records. Not that that says much, but they did go to a Stanley Cup final before, and now these guys are writing or rewriting the history books uh, as we speak, but you just can't stop him. What is it, 13 and 13, which is a mm-hmm. crazy, crazy run. Four-game goal streak and an eight-game point streak <laughs> when it matters most. Four goals in the Stanley Cup final through three games. Big, big-time performance from Jonathan Marchessault so far, but he's going to have to do it again. New dad, Brandon Montour. There was a couple moments where we were worried about people you know, not being available in the lineup as well so this is on us by the way we you should have been on the new dad beat i know like i was we're scrambling we were scrambling a little bit yesterday in the 8 30 block but it's that's on us we should have been making money for everyone the goal prop probably was around the plus 200 250 mark it's a real thing the dad strength the the baby boost chris bassett yeah brandon montour fred van vliet yeah fred van vliet okay so keep an eye on Baby watch, okay? Because it makes a difference in the playoffs. Um, yep. All right. So Florida Panthers make it a 2-1 series. They're back in action on, I believe, Saturday it's night. Be yep. Saturday 8 night, p.m. Yeah. So it's nice. It really felt like we had to wait a long time for hockey. I mean, in terms of the time of the game as well. But from Monday to Thursday felt like ages last night. I'm like, oh, I feel like I haven't watched a hockey game since the Maple Leafs were in the Stanley Cup final. So it's nice that we got um, a little bit of a shorter turnaround. We got Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat again tonight. So see if Miami can continue the winning in the state of Florida. That's today moving forward. So And, and that one's dragging on. They don't play Sunday, which is really strange. Like Sunday's the day. Sunday's I'm, a wide open day. <laughs> I'm kind of stunned that they're not playing Sunday. But I guess that when there's travel involved, the NBA gives you two days. They want you to climatize. They want to own June is what they want to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, these series that we thought might be a little bit quicker, maybe we're getting a little bit more length to the NBA and the NHL. So that was game three. Um, I don't really have too much more from it. We got lots to go through this morning. Yeah, let's keep moving. Okay, big, big stuff was the Toronto Blue Jays series wrapping up. Three wins out of four against the Houston Astros, um, which will be very, very important maybe moving forward because there's a chance that the Blue Jays and the Astros are tied for that final wild card spot. And the Blue Jays just took that series win, and that would mean they would get the tiebreaker. So kind of like, kind of missed that storyline going into it. Obviously, we had a lot to cover this week. Alec Manoa, then a three-game winning streak with the Blue Jays, led by starting pitching. But in general, winning that series against the Astros could really mean something come the postseason because 
that's the defending World Series champs. That's a yeah. team that is really hard to match up against. You just you just beat them three games at home in really tight one run situations where you had to rely on um, some consistency from your starting rotation. And it's a great feeling to get out of that series, head into Minnesota Twins this weekend, knowing that you got that edge up. If there is an opportunity one day down the road where there's a tiebreaker situation, the Blue Jays have that one. Yeah, it seems extremely unlikely that that would be a thing at the end of 162 games in a a Major League Baseball regular season. But I kind of feel like it could be a thing because these two teams look like they are not mere matches because they're built differently and they have different strengths, but it feels like they're going to arrive at the same endpoint mm-hmm. where they are chasing the division because the Texas Rangers, Tampa Bay Rays, and maybe you can put either the Yankees and Orioles in there, but they just feel second best in their division despite the expectations, despite the success last year, despite having really good lineups and good pitching staffs. But it seems like they're going to be in that wild card race together, and I would not be surprised if they're not separated uh, by, at most, uh, a couple games based on how they match up. So I think it is a good point that winning that series is an important one. But, I mean, I I think this is one of the best moments of the Blue Jays' season, honestly. Mm -hmm. Taking these last three games you kind of had a lot of decisive things happen. Like you had the moment where it's like, okay, we can't keep doing this anymore with Manoa. And then you have the three guys who are performing on the mound, step up, give you great performances and, and taking the next three games of a four game set against a really, really good team. Uh, A lot of noise around the blue Jays right now, but Mm -hmm. just winning baseball games against good teams that makes you feel good. And they should feel good about themselves after this victory because they can move forward. They can turn the page on Manoa momentarily, temporarily, and start putting their best foot forward confidently every night. And when they did it, they've done it, and they won three against the Houston Astros. I think there's a lot of positives to take from the last few nights of baseball. I feel like this is a a really good stretch of character for the Blue Jays. Monday, the entire fan base, the team, the organization went through a an embarrassing type of moment where Alec Manoa is out after one out in the first inning. We had this conversation about what's next for Manoa. They had to make the tough decision that can have a trickle effect on the team, but you had the best three guys up next in the rotation. It felt like they elevated to another level, whether that's consciously or subconsciously knowing that they got to kind of pick up the slack here for a guy that was supposed to be their ACE. Who's now at the Florida complex league. And, you know, you're not going to see him. You're, you can communicate with him, but you're not seeing, you're not having his presence, which is a, is a big thing. He's got a big presence. But the character that the Blue Jays showed over the last three days with some really hard-earned wins, these baseball games were all a joy to watch as well. Starting pitching dialed in. Gosman, Bassett, Barrios, like that is, that is that three-headed monster that we talked about yesterday that you should have a massive point of confidence in. The bullpen coming in hot. You know, maybe the only thing you're lacking is some offensive explosions, but you need to win different types of games. You need to win games 21 to one against whatever team that was, but you need to get win games where it's a three, two game where Jordan Romano comes in and closes. Eric Swanson does his thing and the, the bullpen is tight. So I think it's a really good character moment. What happens next is continuing that onto this weekend and not having this as a series win, but a opportunity to build some momentum and some confidence moving into June, which they've had a really good, really good start with June so far. May was awful. Mm-hmm. So June is a completely new month. You flip the script, and what a great moment to to kind of rally around that in that clubhouse, look at each other and say, we we just beat the defending champs in three straight games. 
in hard-fought games, and we did that as a team. And start feeling yourself a little bit. I mean, start smelling the blood in the water. You got mm-hmm. a Twins team that's struggling coming to town. You just took three in a row against the Houston Astros, a team that you were scrapping with in terms of positioning in the wild card race. Like, it's time to feel that confidence, maybe because the la- the unconfident one isn't around, at least mm-hmm. temporarily, uh, and start, like, asserting yourself as a force in the American League. I think that's what the expectation should be where this team starts to build on that confidence because this should have been a confidence building series and really tries to spin it forward and do some damage here in the month of June. You bringing up the Florida Complex League <laughs> triggered about I definitely dreamt about Alec Manoa last night and him, and him getting taken for a ride at the Florida Complex League. When you said it, I was like, oh, my God. Did, oh, no, some, it's a nightmare, did that happen? Justin. I'm like, no, you you had a dream last night about Alex Do you Manoa. remember anything else? we've been talking too much about <sighs> the Florida Complex League. He just got lit up. I need to maybe separate myself from the story for Ooh, two days. You need weekend. a good sleep tonight. Yeah, where there's so. just We're going to talk to John Morosi at 7, and that is it. Okay, We had to obviously ask our final two guests of the week. We had Julia Croix yesterday. We made John Morosi's our guy. We got him every Friday. We got to wrap this Manoa story up in a bow with him. He's the level-headed confidence mm-hmm. bringer. We last week we we tried and he gave it to us, and then Monday rolled around. So he's had a couple of days to to put together his pitch for us. Yeah, Pretty good. good. There are other great things happening around baseball as well. Like the Cincinnati Reds oh, are awesome. like suddenly electric. So, so we'll, we'll get into really good yes, positive things as well. But we just do well. need to say Manoa's name one more time with him. But uh, yeah, how can you really be negative after three straight wins over, right. the, over the Houston Astros? We'll get that over early. A couple, o- couple other things from uh, what we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of focus on the starters, obviously, after Alec Manoa and, you know, how much the other guys have stepped up to keep this team afloat. The bullpen also stepped up in a major way. Yep. Six combined innings uh, for the bullpen over the last three games. All clean, scoreless innings. So Jordan that's, Romano that's, that's a stark contrast, too. or at least we thought, against a Houston Astros team. Mm-hmm. But clearly the Blue Jays were able to step up in that way. And Alejandro Kirk, this is another like slightly underrated storyline. Mm-hmm. Is like We kind of forgot, or at least haven't been banging the drum too much, on Danny Jansen's absence, which we were worried about yep. when it, it came up, the injury came up. But Alejandro Kirk were like, can he catch every day? Like, what are we going to do here? Not only can he catch every day and give the starters a chance to at least be their best selves, he can come up with big hits. He came off the bench the other night, and he delivered another game-winning hit, uh, at least uh, um, when the time got to it, uh, last night. So big, big moments for Alejandro Kirk. He's settling in at least on his difficult start to the Mm -hmm. season, and he's not letting the Danny Jansen injury really, really negative, negatively impact this team. So a couple really good things to be uh, excited about in Kirk, in the bullpen, and, of course, the performances of the starters since Alec Manoa went down. Just got to work on Kirk's base running a bit. Yeah. I mean, you accept some concessions with putting him in the lineup, mm-hmm. and, and base running is one of them, right? Belt. Maybe maybe just put the stop sign up. Yeah, yeah that, that could help. Uh, we got Kirk. We got Belt. Um, those guys, like the lower part of the lineup heating up. Remember last year, I think at this time it was Kirk all-star game push. Of course. Maybe he remembers being good in June (laughs) and like it's clicking for him. It's like, oh yeah, I can make that push. But belt again. He's dreaming of May or in June hits. And I'm dreaming of Alec Manoa getting lit up at Florida Complex. Different dreams. You need a new pillow or something. I love my pillows. Belt drives in the game-winning uh, run on RBA single in the fifth inning. He's been consistent. It's, we, we read the numbers yesterday. His May now into June is one of the best players in baseball. 
you know, you've got Bo Bichette, of course, being one of the best players in baseball. So keep stringing these things along. Uh, Blue Jays have a big weekend ahead against the Minnesota Twins. And keep giving the runway for Vladdy and George Springer to get to yes. where they need to be, right? Like if, if the Belts and the Kirks and the Bichettes and everyone else can just keep it going, mm-hmm. keep the locomotive, if you want to quote Ross Atkins, we'll keep the locomotive on the tracks then yeah, when those guys do show up, when they do find themselves, which I feel like we should expect them to eventually do here. I know George Springer's a little older, but I still expect some some quality at-bats and some really good form this season from him. Then it's going to look really, really good if those guys can keep it going. I think uh, if you're... A rising tide lifts all mm-hmm. boats. It doesn't have to be your main guys every single time. If the bottom is better, then the whole entire thing is going to be better. Blue Jays have... Um, you know, they're catching up a little bit. They're... I think one game back at the Yankees, uh, two games back from the Orioles. So this division, which we've talked about as the juggernaut of all divisions, is still, I mean, you're not going to catch up. If you catch up to the Rays, that I don't know what happened to the Rays. But the Blue Jays still making some good opportunity for some progress, some momentum here. Capitalize on the Yankees without Aaron Judge. Like, this is the moment. You know, he, he's out with this toe sprain. Um, really, I think it's an undetermined amount of time as well. I know that he's uh, he's part of a team, but he's he's Aaron Judge. So if you can catch up a little bit here, you got some opportunity to make this month mean something going into the All-Star break, headed into the trade deadline, some big decisions to make in terms of where the Blue Jays will go. We'll talk to John Morosi about all of that. Um, okay, so you mentioned Ross Atkins. Ross Atkins and Anthony Bass talked to the media yesterday. And it's tough because there's been so much good positivity from the Blue Jays the last three days. We've been talking about how important the stretch has been as a team, this unity that they're finding um, around the departure of Alec Manoa. And now we have, you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum, talking about the negativity and uh, the polarizing plays and, and discussion from Anthony Bass. So yesterday... Um, we heard from Anthony Bass and we heard from Ross Atkins about the situation. And this weekend is supposed to be, and I really hope it continues to be, a really important weekend for Blue Jays community, Blue Jays fans. It's Pride Weekend. It's one of my favorite weekends at the ballpark. I've gone most most times I've had an opportunity to. It is full of joy, celebration, inclusivity, and it should remain that way. However, we heard from Anthony Bass yesterday um, and his first real opportunity to meet the media and have questions asked to him because one of the complaints I had, and I think a lot of other people was, is that he made a statement earlier or at the end of last week about the video that he shared and he didn't take questions. So Mm -hmm. this was his opportunity to talk about where he stands with this video, maybe what he's learned last week. And I think what we learned is he didn't learn much. Okay, just quickly, just to lay out everything before we had that statement. Mm -hmm. He has since had a meeting and since tried to work on himself with uh, Sherwin Modest, who is the leader of Pride Toronto. Uh, And those conversations were supposed to provide some perspective, clearly. And maybe only after that did he want to actually take questions, which is what's happened. I understand that. I think that's fair. If you're going to like, you know, yeah, if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to educate myself, well, then educate yourself Mm -hmm. and then we can talk. And and I think that in itself is fair. But I think what you said, and I'll I'll, uh, cede the floor to you, Mm -hmm. is also very, very fair. Right. So all we can listen to is what Anthony Bass says to the media yesterday and he had some opportunity to talk about the video that he shared and and some of the quotes that I wanted to just repeat and and bring to light were he was asked about sharing the video what he learned about that and his response was moving forward I definitely know I will I definitely know better than to post my personal beliefs on social media platforms so Mm -hmm. kind of saying like well um 
I'm just not going to share this anymore. And that's not the learning lesson. It's more about what did you learn about sharing that video and how it affected and, and, and hurt others. Um, he said it was too much of a distraction, but he still stands by his personal beliefs. He still stands by sharing that video because he did believe in the video and still does believe in what the video had to say, which was a lot of hateful um, comments at the, at the community that we're celebrating tonight, tomorrow, this weekend, and forever as a Blue Jays fan. Um, he just kind of walked back, walked the same storyline that he had said before. Um, it, it, I was just disappointed with the way that it, he handled it. And I think that this weekend, tonight, there's an opportunity for Blue Jays fans to go and celebrate. And I think that there will be a platform for them to share how they feel about Anthony Bass. And he has kind of earned that opportunity. Like tonight, He's going to be catching the first pitch. Yeah, that this in conversation will take center stage in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because there is something that was, it may not still be planned, but at least was planned or pre-planned that he would be involved in a pregame ceremony. But just to like yeah. reiterate where you were going there, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was like kind of stunned by what we heard because what I got from the conversation that he had with reporters was that, okay, he did learn a few things. He learned that it's better to be accepting of others. I think he did, you know, he, he was trying to relay that. It's, it's, I'm trying to be more accepting of others. It's better and more productive mm-hmm. to be accepting of others. But I felt like more importantly, more important than being accepting of others, it was, hey, don't be a distraction, man. That's it. Like, uh, just like, if you're going to, if you're going to have personal beliefs, which you are, you are allowed to do, at least in his mind, have these personal beliefs, but these personal beliefs, when inflammatory, are to be held off social media because you're a distraction if the things you believe are true are shared on a major platform. So it felt like, okay, yeah, maybe I learned a few things. Maybe I have a different perspective. Maybe I learned a few things. But also the main takeaway here is uh, be a good employee, I guess, mm-hmm. and don't be a distraction to the team or be a good teammate and, and all that, those things. And when you really boil it down, like that, is that learning or is that just self-preservation? Is that just towing the company line like that? That Those are the things that you have to ask yourself, especially after what you heard from Anthony Bass. However, if you read other people's quotes, it is it's kind of interesting because what's also true was that some of the things Bass was saying align with the things that Sherwin Modest was saying and what he relayed to Shai Davidi. Again, mm-hmm. Modest being the leader of Pride Toronto, and I'm quoting him here from Shai's Second article on this topic yesterday. It is progress acknowledging that you have your own beliefs, but that belief should not deny someone else what they believe in or what they choose to do. And that's what I got from him. Our goal should not to be should not to change Anthony, but working with Anthony to respect human beings and understand the pain that their actions can cause. That's kind of what Bass said. Mm -hmm. So if Bass is taking learnings, it felt like he took these learnings and he said them in front of the media and you can quibble with the learnings. But Sherwin Modest told him or they discussed and they were finding common ground in that you can believe certain things, but you have to allow others to live their lives. And I guess if you're talking about social media, it's like, yeah, he said it. I still believe these things, but I'm not going to make others feel a certain way by putting them on a platform where they can be, uh, you know, they can be pushed, put in someone's face mm-hmm. or they can uh, cause harm. And that's kind of what I got from that, which is. A little strange that all the messaging was kind of what Anthony Bass said and still, and I think 
in both of our minds, a little unsatisfactory. Definitely. Um, it is step one of a journey that I hope Anthony Bass takes very seriously. Coming to the media yesterday, and I guess as a checkpoint of where you're at, this weekend is, a, is an important weekend. Tonight, he has an opportunity to catch the first pitch at the Blue Jays game with all this going on. I just really hope that Pride Night and Pride Weekend doesn't become this referendum on Anthony Bass and what he's learned and where Anthony Bass is at. I hope it becomes about the fans and the community that we should be celebrating and not about Anthony Bass. And we've talked too much about Anthony Bass mm-hmm. and his beliefs and his understandings, but step one of, of a journey that I hope he takes really seriously. And it sounds like he might have some more plans with Pride Toronto and with, um, as you mentioned, Sherwin Modest to talk about what's next, right? It's not just you met met with this group once. If you're going to make this process, and Ross Atkins was very uh, strong about that as well, that this is this is not just over. So show us. Like you talk the talk in front of the reporters, but can you walk the walk? Not only just this weekend, not only Pride Month, but the rest of the season. So I think that that's where I stand. Obviously, I have my strong personal beliefs about this community, and and I care very much about a lot of my friends that that do identify in this. And this weekend is very important. It should not become about Anthony Bass. It should be about this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to everyone getting an opportunity to celebrate that at the ballpark. At the ballpark, and that's frankly why I'm concerned about his involvement. Because if he's involved to the extent that they plan to have him involved, it kind of does become a referendum on Anthony Bass. There's either hate for Bass, there's support for Bass, and really, this night is not about Bass at all, or shouldn't be about him whatsoever. Uh, and it's kind of been made out to be with all the conversation headed in and his involvement in this ceremony. I, I do think trying to, whoever was involved in the decision-making here, spinning this as a success story in some ways with him like learning and enlightenment and him taking a step forward, I do think that's short-sighted. Uh, but we should let the situation actually play out, the story play out. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens this weekend, and we'll talk about it again on Monday. All right, so Blue Jays back in action. Kikuchi on the mound against Sonny Gray. Oh, that's a good pitching uh, opponent. Uh, Sonny Gray and you say Kikuchi. That's 7 p.m. tonight. Pride Weekend begins. You got Joe Ryan against TBD. Still don't know what's going on Saturday. Uh, could be a variety of different options for the Blue Jays. I haven't made that official announcement. Could be a bullpen day. Could be a starter. Who knows? Uh, that's on Saturday. And then Sunday, you've got Gosman and Varland on the mound. So good pitching opportunities for the Blue Jays. A big weekend ahead against the Twins, who are 31 and 32. Blue Jays now 36 and 28. So let's flip the script. Let's look ahead at uh, an important and exciting weekend for Blue Jays and Blue Jays fans at the Dome. So uh, we got still lots to go through here. Leafs Mm. hire Shane Doan yesterday. And uh, people are quick to find Austin Matthews tweet from his youth his his days back i don't know it was like 2012 when he tweeted that out um oh 2019 whoa 2012 that's uh that's philip phillips time <laughs> yes it's did. crazy to think phillips that on the brain. how old austin matthews is i thought that he'd be if this is a 2012 thing this is 2019 um so austin matthews tweeted this out in 2019 Quote, thank you for everything you've done for hockey in Arizona, inspiring kids like me growing up and playing the game in the valley congratulations on your jersey retirement donor so well deserved Doan joining the Toronto Maple Leafs as an assistant general manager, an assistant to new general manager. And you're the the expert, I think, on what the difference between that is, right? With your familiarity (laughs) with the office? Assistant regional manager or assistant to the regional manager. Very big difference there. Nonetheless, former Arizona captain 
Shane Doan will be a part. And this is something that uh, we talked about with last week with Kipper. He was first on this. He kind of mentioned this could be a thing. I'm not sure exactly what the role will be. We'll talk to Kipper at eight about that. But he is a uh, hockey I don't not legends a bit much, but he's been around the game it's for definitely really a le- legend in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's. Just, I mean, I we could be a legend in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> he's had a very long uh, history in the NHL, and now he's been behind the scenes in management. You know, he's been involved with Hockey Canada. There's a lot of things that he'll bring to the table. We don't know exactly what the role will be with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but they made a a move to get someone that is close to the heart of maybe two Arizona kids that play for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's hard to spin this as a negative at all, I think. Uh, I mean, if we were so eager to call Jason Spezza or Kyle Dubas's protege, Jason Spezza, a secret weapon for the, <laughs> we for the Maple Leafs. Like I, I, this, this guy is a proven asset. This guy mm. has run an Olympic team from Canada That's in right. 2022. He's been a part of, he's been in many different roles for hockey Canada, many different roles for the Arizona coyotes. He has experience building a hockey team, which is something of course, Jason Spezza did not have. So I, I, I think it's a great move in terms of just bringing in, a really good person, but a really good person who's also a really good hockey mind and someone who's simpatico with Brad Treliving. I mean, Treliving needs people to be his lieutenants, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And I, I, I honestly can't think of many better than Shane Doan to and fill out that role. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it works really, really well on multiple levels, given that he's a hockey person, he's a good person, and he has someone that has some loose connection with Austin Matthews. And I don't <laughs> think that's completely unimportant. Mm-hmm. I think Austin Matthews looks up to this person. I don't know if they're pandering to him. I don't know if this is a secret weapon in negotiations, but I don't think it can hurt. I am surprised, though, that they were able to convince him to come. Just last year. life there. Just last year. Yeah, he's like a rancher. He, like, lives on a ranch. He's doing ranch That's things. a dream. He's riding horses yes. and, you know... Fighting off coyotes. Could just and head up all, to Cali and get a horse all, farm here. Yeah, yeah, maybe he could do that. He's but he's do yeah, he's got a life there for mm-hmm. sure. And he also has a kid who they drafted in the yes. second round last year in that organization. He did leave one organization to join another. He left his home to move into a it's different the country. Hockey like, Mecca, it is Justin. it is a little surprising. You can lure I'm just whoever saying you want. Can you though? Uh looks like it. And couldn't, couldn't get Doug Armstrong out of St. Louis. Well, they don't need him. They got Brad Trey living. But it's not it's not out of the question that yeah. Brad Trey Living will probably make some more moves to have the people closest to him, his people. I mean, Dubas went into Pittsburgh last week and said, bye-bye, all, when that was a Hextall hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the way you're going to do And hasn't done it. that, right? No. But we haven't heard of we, any dismissals. Yeah, it's early. But this will this will reshape things for sure. Again, I don't, I don't think it's like the assistant general. Like, again, we're like quibbling with the, with the title. But it's not like he's replacing Brandon Pridham. Pridham's no. still Pridham. Different and roles, Pridham for sure. is just, they got another seat in the boardroom now, yeah. and it belongs to Shane Doan. And, and like I Spe- really can't see I, a negative here. I feel like Shane Doan is just taking the Spezza role with Brad Trey Living that we saw with Dubas. And I, I don't know what Spezza's title really was either, like a special assistant. I think he was special assistant. Okay, yeah. so great. Um, this is another special assistant? Yeah, that's the same thing. And his vibes and his role will be different than Brandon Pridham, who is going to be doing cap maneuvers and flexibility and a little bit more hands-on in my uh, in my opinion that's what i'm seeing this role as uh, but it definitely can hurt i think it'll be it'll bring a level of i mean respect relatability this guy's played the game i don't think i don't know brandon brandon pridham's hockey db but it's different to go talk to shane doan about what's going on on the ice and struggles you're having than it is to go talk to brandon pridham it's just it's having different voices mm-hmm. having trusted voices having people that 
get it. Trusted is a good word because Trey Living does need confidants, right? Like he mm-hmm. needs his he needs his people because what what were what were all the stories coming out of the Maple Leafs post Dubas? It was the funeral and Fire, it was yeah. hey, is there going to be a revolt here? Everyone's in mourning, everyone's sad. <laughs> if everyone is just sad and still a Dubas guy or girl, yeah. Like that's kind of problematic. Like they need a little live they need to freshen things up, but they also need for living to be able to be like, okay, I know someone here's got my back. I know for sure that Shane Doan is on my side and we'll see how the chips fall after that. So I, I think we'll see some more restructuring. I don't know how many other special assistants or assistant regional managers are left on the payroll. I know Haley Wickenizer still seems to be around there. I, I don't know. Who, there are so many. <laughs> I don't know who's still there and what their role will be. Um, I hope Wick gets to stay. Like, I don't know how much he was a dubis gal or just a, I think a she's Leafs. a Dubas gal. Yeah, but like I think she's also a Leafs gal. Yeah. I think she's really like taken this development role seriously and then obviously she's got her own medical career. I I wonder what's next for her. And a little separate, right? Like I think she has clearly has value to the organization. Mm-hmm. Is it like in different situations though? I don't think, I think like she's breaking is. down the numbers yep. with Brendan Pridham. No, 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 I mean she's actually sure. a practicing medical doctor, so mm-hmm. that takes up a lot of time as well. So we'll see how he shuffles the chairs in that press box because I think now we'll be seeing Brad Trey living alongside Shane Doan and I, I take that trade I think that's a good trade up in my opinion so Matthew stays <laughs> this will be it this will be the conversation what's the Shane Doan Matthews text chain looking like did he come in to to say buddy take this deal like you could be the face of trust me like Arizona guy to Arizona guy I mean, it's not not out of the realm of possibility that they will have some conversations about this contract. I, Kip, we'll, we'll let Kipper decide whether or and not. And I was just about to say, yeah. Kipper and his latest article in the Toronto Star, and we'll talk about that with him at 8 o'clock, he had a little tidbit that maybe the RBC Canadian Open had asked Austin Matthews to come up and play in the uh, Pro-Am, and he said no. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the best move for Austin Matthews at this point because it would be like, Matthews, sign with the Leafs, what's your contract? And, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to come up and do that. But we could have had Matthews here at the RBC Canadian Open for the last couple of days, but he decided to forego that option. Maybe he's worried about sitting down with donor and getting a contract all written out. We'll see. Yeah, I think maybe uh, just, you know, hibernate until July 1. I think that's best. Probably the safest thing. I think that's best. Um, okay, we'll talk more with uh, Kipper at 8 o'clock about all things Doan and Leafs, and et cetera. But he had a new article about goaltending and how his this this thought about Aiden Hill and Sergei Bobrovsky and kind of taking flyers on goalies how flyers too it might be a flyers goalie available um, nonetheless we'll talk a little bit goaltending with him and he might break some more news with us because that's his thing now um, all right talking golf Canadian Open updates Corey Connors Canadian Corey Connors atop the leaderboard this is exactly what we wanted going into the weekend Justin and I attending on Saturday hopefully he can hold the lead but a bogey free round only missed two fairways and we talked about this it looks like the rough is honestly knee deep you don't want the ball to go in there watched a little bit of of the tournament yesterday um, in between when we were playing our own tournament and if the ball goes outside the fairway, you are in some big trouble. So looked like Corey Connors was hitting fairways. The only times he, he missed the fairway twice, it was just in the first cut, so not even in the deep stuff. Um, solid putter. Like, the Canadians are looking really good to start this tournament. This is all about the Canadians. We want a nice storybook. We want to, we want to see 
at least some competition on a Sunday, and he put himself in the best position on day one to do so. Yeah, and definitely the most recognizable name, not just because we're Canadian, uh, among the four players mm-hmm. who share the lead after round one uh, at Oakdale. Uh, definitely a really, really encouraging opening round for Corey Connors uh, because, yeah, that's what we want to see. We want to see a Canadian win this thing, and you mentioned it. Good start. Connors, five under, but also Rogers Sloan, Mackenzie Hughes, and Taylor Pendrith are three under. Uh, so a couple guys sniffing around the top. And that's right. Yeah, that's really, if not a win for a Canadian this weekend, someone that's in the fight till the end, in a final pairing, in the last group on a Saturday when we're there. Like, those things are the things that we want to see. But Corey Connors is our best hope in terms of uh, Canadian golfers winning mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour. And for him to be in the position that he's in, very, very encouraging. I bet Listowell was dialed into the tournament yesterday. Of course. Spin right. Yarn Factory was probably, they probably took the day off to What's watch. What's it called? Spin right, I believe. It's called Spin right? Spin right, yeah. Let me just... Golf. Nothing was spinning right for me on the course yesterday. Spin right Yarn Factory, yep, I was right. Not that I have spin on my ball. So Rory, big storyline, of course, going into this weekend. Uh, I mean, this week long, he, he was talking a lot about things not related to his play. Uh, one under to start um, yesterday, but two uncharacteristic boat. Like his his score, one under doesn't really. I mean, he's still in it. He had two bogeys on a par five, so it made his score look a lot worse. You know, you clean those up, you par on them, or <laughs> would not be nice for us at least. Um, and he's right back in it. Don't know if that has anything to do with the mental stress. He looked fine. Like I don't think he's weighing a lot of this week in the media and the conversations. Well, I think. Just, yeah, two bad holes and you're out of it yeah, a little bit yeah, score-wise. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like this isn't necessarily a course that's best set up for him. Like, he's not mm-hmm. a guy who lives in the fairway. No. Like, he's a bit of a bomber. He kind of sprays it a little bit at times, but his ability uh, to get it, you know, it out of the rough and onto the green is is one of his strengths for sure. So, yeah, you can hit it long, but if you're flirting with the, the rough, <laughs> you might be in trouble. And we saw it a couple times yesterday, and, and Rory, again, not immune to missing the fairway. A guy like Corey Connors may be set up best because that's what he does. Uh, ball striking, keeping things, uh, keeping the ball where it should be is is what he does best. And I think Rory's a little bit more wild, and maybe wild is not necessarily good at this version of Oakdale. Tea times for today, uh, notable ones nonetheless. Uh, Rory, 12.48 p.m. He's going off with Justin Rose. And what's that other guy's name? Who, who o- came in Omar, for Webb? It starts with a U. Yeah. Desti, Something like that? Yeah, so Webb Don't Simpson pulled out last minute. And they put some guy in there that, I don't know. To be honest, uh, 110, Corey Connors, Tommy Fleetwood, and Nick Taylor. So that's. You're resty. Yes, you're resty. Yeah, he, he's in there at uh, 1248 with Rory and Justin Rose. Uh, you've got Corey Connors, Tommy Fleetwood, and Nick Taylor. So that's a big one. That's a 110 p.m. tea time. Uh, we'll be there tomorrow. Let us know if you're going to head down to Oakdale. We'd love to say hello. We were out yesterday at bombing around the course. Braben. Yeah, Braben. What, Buddy, what we, are you... we went to Braben yesterday. A beautiful, lovely group of folks that worked there mm-hmm. and happened to be golfing there at the same time. A lot of hellos, a lot of big fan of the morning show. It was great. Felt like little celebrities out there. So thanks to the... <laughs> I don't think... So. Maybe you. At one point... They're like, oh yeah, the other guy's also here. Well, I was like, oh, hey, at one point hello. we had a group drive by and oh my God, we listened every day. And Justin was like, 
hiding in the cart. I wasn't hiding. I was just you were hiding they, when they said something. They were gone. You kind of like they turned you, your back. Not me. And I'm like, dude, Justin's here too. And they're like, oh my god, we love no, you guys. Not, yes, oh my god, it there was, was like, oh, Justin. Oh, okay. Yes, people were excited to see say, you too. Because that was your moment when I said my name in the clubhouse. They, they were like, their oh, head. I didn't know the fan morning show was coming here. So that was my it was, uh, that was my claim to fame. We just showed I, up. For, like, forget us, like, congratulating ourselves on being noticed. Mm-hmm. You, if you can clean up the putting, Ailish Forfar, I'm telling you, you were not lying about you being on tour if you could just <laughs> avoid a three-putt every hole. Seriously. You, you three-putt everything. I But am, you get there when you should. That putter almost, I almost pulled over on the gardener and threw that thing into Lake Ontario on my oh. way home because it was abysmal. But every other asset in my game, I'm like Michael Block saying, if I had, who was it, Rory's length? You're the, uh, you're the reverse block. Yeah, I'm the opposite. You have the length. If I you could don't not, have the, you don't have the block If I game. could figure it out on the green, man, I'd be, I'd be challenging at the LPGA tournament, Canadian Open, whenever that is, because I was, I was hitting them straight, mm-hmm. long. Long. Tell them about there, that thing there was that a, happened. There was a blind par four. <laughs> Thankfully, I will tell the story because my best shot of the day was also on that on that hole. Fourteen. But we can't see the green. These guys in front of us, man, we were kind of they were a little slow. We were kind of running into them over and over mm-hmm. again on the back nine, at least. Uh, we both had our best drives of the day. You, I think, flew their cart, which I is about twenty five twenty five yards short of the green because you couldn't drive up to the green. You have to go around, so they mm-hmm. left their carts back. I was like right beside their cart, so we had to apologize when we came back. But both of us were about 20, 25 yards in. Your drive beat mine by about five, mm-hmm. and we both had really good birdie looks. No birdie, no yeah, birdies no winning birdies yesterday. Yet. But that was uh, like we, if we could just like bottle that and show that, mm-hmm. we would be like, oh, we're also on par with Kipper and Bourne and Sam McKee. If we could have live streamed that hole, we would have thousands of views this morning. Yeah, we had one of eighteen though. You can, but ver- you, that, you, that was an absolute bomb. I'm telling you, this new driver. When I die, bury me on 14 at Bray Bend with the driver, okay? <laughs> That's where I want to rest because that was it. That was the the hole that I'll be thinking about. I'll keep coming back to it. But I had a couple really nice drives. And I'm not saying this to diminish you at all. Now, here we go. But you should go back to Bray Bend yes. because you have an immense competitive advantage, not over me, over everybody else mm-hmm. because the red tees are far up mm-hmm. and it's your God-given right to play them. It sure is. But with your driver... On those tees, like you can do damage yeah. if you could putt. No, it. I, I think I got to back it up a bit. But that, back what up a bit? Like back up where I'm teeing. No, because you can break. Honestly, you if you get that putting sorted out, you're breaking eighty there. A big time, man. I want. I, I just. I want to race at least one putt from each hole and see what my score was. Yeah, I mean, you could easily do that. Just take yeah, shave eighteen strokes off your score. Threw that card off <laughs> at the window as well. Anyway, we had a blast. Uh, See if we can get... Shut up, Ray Ben. See if we... And you know what it is? I got an entire new set of clubs, and I didn't get a new putter. And I think that there's something in the back of my mind when I look at this piece of crap, and I'm like, should have got a new putter. And you, so maybe... You just need, like, maybe elite, I need, you need elite level I don't even care if it's board. a $50 putter from Value Village. Well, that'd be way cheaper. I don't care where it is. I might need a new... I might need a new putter just... To stop I will looking say, at this that's one. That's the one club you could cheap out on and should be fine. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because I went to go butter. buy one and they're hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, I don't need a hundred dollar, I don't need a five hundred dollar putter. I could just get one on marketplace. I looked. There's some there's some available ones. Yeah, I but everything just, else is custom and fitted. I, in I know, it. that's the thing. It's like 
everything else looks it just works well. By the way, I might have to go because I used your driver oh, yeah. once and absolutely clobbered one. I said, Justin, here, use this, use the driver, like just try it out, and you hit a. That was my best shot of the day. It was stunning, <laughs> and I looked at you. I'm like, uh oh, yeah, mm. it was nice. It sounded good. You didn't mm. even you didn't even practice swing. You just teed it up, and that thing went flying. Yeah. Anyway, we had a blast. Uh, we'll see where we're going to go next week. We got to figure it out. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. All right. That's a, a big, whew, a big breakdown of everything this morning. Uh, we've got lots of great guests. We've got John Morosi at seven. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee will ask them if I should cheap out on a putter or should just drop a couple of hundo. I can't. That's just ridiculous. Sentence. Well, $500 turn three putts to two. It might be worth it at this point. Uh, Nick Kiprios at 8, and then John Calpari is going to join us at 8.30, a baby wake and rake to wrap up the day. Uh, let's do the A-list next before we talk to John Morosi. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? For some football chat, missing Charles Davis, missing the content. I had yesterday's A list was a little Josh Allen, Madden. Today, Skeevy, Mike McDaniel. Like, Skeevy, Mike McDaniel. He kind of like gives me like yeah, yeah, the ick but, sometimes. But why? Why is he skeevy? Well, this because you know how he is on the podium, right? Like he just he loves the podium. He, I feel like he practices before he goes up there, just like knowing what he's going to say. And, it, and then he gets to get on the A-list because he, he knows it's going to hit. Tries his material in the mirror before he... He is the type of guy that tries his material in front of him. Exactly that. Anyway, Vikings set to release uh, Dalvin Cook and Dolphins. Been rumored to be interested bidding for his services. So Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel was asked about him at a Thursday press conference. And his response is... It's, it's good. It's good for the A-list. Here you go. March 3rd, 1983. <laughs> uh, that day I was born, right? Now we take a closer <laughs> look at that date. And that, in fact, was not yesterday. Okay, so um, uh, people that are on, people are rumored to be um, tall, short, People that are rumored to be, um, you know, that's, you're not, you're not going to get this guy. I'm year two, okay? What? I, the second part, don't worry about it. The first part is, it's brutal. says his it's brutal. birthday. It's brutal. The thing about this date is that I wasn't born yesterday. I'm like, man, that's like the comeback you use when you're in grade four on the playground or like grade eight. I don't know when you use that. Not as it... <laughs> grown man but i guess you do like sounded like someone baked off their mind he did i didn't want to say that but he sounded like he was i don't know he's just like he's got weird pacing when he talks and just like he thought that was the most brilliant thing ever and it was just terrible it was silent too everyone's like uh, okay so yeah we're are you getting delivery. dalvin cook or not <laughs> you have interest or anyway the thing about whatever his birthday was is it wasn't yesterday justin so, Mike McDaniel, a big A-list a- guy because everything he says is something to talk about. Okay, we've got our buddy John Morosi joining us after the break. The last time we talk about Alec Manoa for a while, okay? We're going to just get it out right now. We're going to let it out, talk to John. He's our positive Friday vibes guy. 
He'll find a way to make us all feel good about that, and we'll move on. Okay, so Alec Manoa, John Morosi, after the break.